welcome to the Late Night Race Review. Welcome back, everyone, to the Late Night Race Review. I'm Dave Jericho, and I'm joined, as always, by Azidro Gonzalez. We have no Scotty again this week, so I will be decimating what should be a half-decent show. So bear with us that this turns out somewhat listenable. Uh, but we had the British Grand Prix this weekend, and it was definitely a race for the Brits, with Norris, Hamilton, and Russell all uh, picking up the top five places. So um, it'll... Uh, it was uh, yeah, it was a great, great, great race for the home fans. So, Isidro, let's uh, let's get stuck into it. I mean, we have to start with the race winner, but let's not spend too much time on this because it's the same every week. Uh, Max Verstappen, what yeah. what did we think? I think Max uh, had the. I think this was a race that was an easy win for him. He started very bad, uh, and. It, took maybe five laps to get the win or to get the to be a leader but still, which effectively is the win <laughs> <laughs> but it still didn't feel as comfortable as in other as in other races i think the mclaren really pushed max to be on his uh on his uh right mind today and do you think that was um other teams were just had a bit of a performance advantage on this circuit that was making it look like they were closer or do you feel that maybe there's a bit of a development jump? Maybe there's, you know, this whole kind of wind tunnel time and stuff like that that Red Bull don't have. Do you feel that maybe some of the teams are starting to catch them a little bit and close that uh, massive gap that they have ahead of them? Uh, I, I think so. At least the, the McLaren's upgrades, they did a very good job today. And Max was was yesterday that he crashed just outside the as he was coming out of <laughs> That's his right, carriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think he was a hundred percent tune this weekend. And the fact that his reaction time was what, 0 0.03 slower than uh, Norris. So I think today was not he was not there a hundred percent, but it was there enough just to get a comfortable-ish advantage. We should we should be ashamed of ourselves when we're talking about when we're sitting on our sofas, <laughs> eating our snacks, watching watching the Formula One on TV, and we're complaining about someone having a zero point three second <laughs> slower reaction time. Pretty sure ours would be a lot longer than that. <laughs> but uh, no, look, an, another commanding a commanding win. Like I said, yeah, wasn't as comfortable for him, but um, look, the, the win he got, and that's eleven in a row. I think that's the first time since a McLaren. I think they were saying. Um, where there's been 11 victories in a row. So um, so who knows where this can go for him and for Red Bull. But um, keeping with Red Bull, uh, Sergio Perez, once again, we have another recovery drive required from Sergio Perez. Um, where do we start? Uh, let, let, let's just start with the... Well, look, we know he went out in Q1. There's no, there's no need to analyze what happened in qualifying. It just it was what it was. Um, but in terms of him having to do recovery drives, they're impressive enough. Uh, I think he could get more out of them. But do we think he's doing enough from these recovery drives, or eventually are the recovery or is the sort of the lack of actually qualifying at the front row going to um, outstrip any good that he's doing in the recoveries? Yeah, I think the the qualifying was a bit disappointed. The fact that he went out with the with a wet race while everyone else was able to drive, 
with a dryish race that affect him a lot. And today, uh, Silverstone is not a very good place to be able to do to pull the magic of starting. Uh, he started what 15 and end up in the podium like he did um, last week. But still, he managed to finish uh, P6, which which is okay considering everything. But, but just uh, yeah, how, you how... need to think that Alpine they were both out, so that was less of a fight for him. But uh, he was able to go through signs, Leclerc, Calons, and they are both drivers that, uh, well, to be fair, they were not very good today as well. So yeah, they weren't on form today at all. I, I think I don't think they put up much of a fight for him. But yeah, I have to say I'm thinking as the season is going on, these recovery drives are becoming a bit of a habit um, that he needs to he needs to break. And I'm pretty sure Helmut Marco will have more comments leading up to the Hungary Grand Prix. I'm pretty sure he'll be asked about Perez and and his performances lately. And I'm sure he'll have some choice words to say. He's never one to uh, to shy away from saying what's uh, what's on his mind. Um, but look, Red Bull steamroll away again on the uh, on the constructors. So. Um, but let's move on to the more important one and McLaren. Um, and I guess we saw a little bit of a glimpse of what McLaren had to offer uh, last week in Austria with uh, Lando running the new upgrades. We could see there was a bit of performance. But I don't know, did, any, did anyone see this level of performance coming for McLaren? I think, I just hope that McLaren doesn't, does the same as Aston Martin. Aston Martin was doing great, then did the upgrades and they kind of disappeared. I hope McLaren upgrades don't do the same as they end up the same fate as the Aston Martin, where they were doing, although in that McLaren they were doing very bad. They did the upgrades, they're doing very good. Uh, let's let's keep it that way. It's good to see that McLaren is finding his space again. Well, that's it. I mean, it's uh, sort of McLaren seemed to be doing the reverse of what Aston Martin did. Aston Martin started good and we all think thought, wow, this is an Im- impressive. Where did this come from from Aston Martin? Then, like you say, the upgrades came and they dropped off. And now the upgrades come for, for McLaren and like they haven't just improved. I mean, I know there's probably a bit of track specific um, uh, sort of uh, sort of leeway we have to give to the result that came today for, for McLaren. But that aside, um, that's impressive. And what's more impressive as well for me, and actually, sorry, I just realized, so obviously we had Lando P2 and we had uh, Piastri P4, um, but they had the pace on over the single lap in qualifying. They had the pace, obviously, over uh, in race pace. Possibly their issue, obviously, um, it does seem to be the tire management still. That's maybe still uh, causing them issues. They raced hard with uh, Verstappen at the start of the race, and then you could see there was a drop-off, and they were back into sort of tire management, which they seem to handle quite well. But um, on the race start, though, um, what did you make of the race start from, like, if, from Lando, but also Oscar Piastri? I think the McLaren had a great a great start in Silverstone. They were both very fast. I'm not sure if uh, Max was expecting that sort of uh, speed from the McLarens because I mean Max was maybe one second away off end up in third by the by the second or the third turn because yeah. most McLarens were really really fast. I was impressed, and I think even Max and Hamilton was quite impressed how fast those McLarens were. 
yeah, you could hear uh, Russell saying over the radio that how that how fast the McLarens were when they went to the hard compound tire, saying it was impressive. And then at the end of the race as well, Hamilton was saying how fast Lando was through uh, Maggots and Beckett's and saying that it was impressive to watch. Um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's uh, sort of good praise for McLaren. And they had a great, like I said, a great start from both of them. I thought watching it, I well actually when I when they gave us the replay of the start, it actually looked like Piastri had the better start from the three of them. But because Verstappen was cutting across to try and cover Lando, Piastri actually did, didn't have anywhere to go. He was actually boxed off then by both Verstappen and Lando because it actually looked like had he had a bit of room to go down, I think he may have had the room to take them into turn one. I don't think necessarily he had the pace overall in the tra- on the, the race, but um, I think definitely off the start, I think maybe he had the... Uh, the faster start. I'd be interesting actually if there was did you see any reaction time for Piastri? Because I was wonder what that was like in comparison. I only saw the the one they did for um Max and Norris. Ah, it's a pity because I I I have a feeling Piastri was quicker again. Um and then as the race went on, like we had some great battles then with Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton after the pit stops and, and we, we we sort of started to see what we thought I suppose was going to be an absolute disaster from McLaren when they made the call to go on the hard compound tires sort of turned into a bit of, I don't know whether a stroke of genius or whether we might've seen a faster McLaren on the soft compounds that could have challenged uh, Verstappen maybe for the last 10 laps. But what we did get though was uh, Lewis Hamilton kind of going for the overtake on Lando and Lando just keeping his foot down and not giving an inch. And I was like, that's great. That just shows that that man is ready to really challenge. Give him a car, and he's in that mindset to challenge anyone. Yeah, it, it was it was great to see that uh, Norris was feeling comfortable with the car. Not happy with, with the choice. Uh, we could hear the uh, the chat between the team and himself when he told that everyone else was what medium and soft, and he was just with the hard tires, and he was like, "Oh, great." Well, good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, did we did we just recruit someone straight from Ferrari <laughs> for this decision? <laughs> but it, they, like, I mean, we could have seen them go out on the softs, and like I said, we could have seen one or two things happen. We could have seen them having the pace to challenge um, Max out front, but it may have only lasted a couple of laps, as that as we know that uh, McLaren isn't great at managing its tires, so they may have lost they may have lost uh, sort of um, the grip on those tires quicker maybe than the Mercedes. And we could have been looking at a Mercedes two and three or so, or a um, Hamilton two and a Lando three or something like that. So maybe it was the right call. You know, I don't think anybody really knew. I think it was just that they got, you know, it just turned out to be the right call. Well, we've given the P2 and P4. That's all. That's all that matters. And again, we saw how fast they were and everybody sort of commending how fast they were. And just finally, before we move on from McLaren, then just on Piastri as well. I mean, it, it, like he's like, I mean, we're t- we've been talking about the rookie drivers. Um, you know, obviously we've got Debris, uh, Logan Sargent and uh, Oscar Piastri. I mean, it, it's sort of starting to show why McLaren fought quite hard to get Piastri into that seat because he seems to have serious pace because we have to remember the car he was driving today only has the upgrades 
that Lando had in Austria, but not the same upgrades that Lando had today at Silverstone. So he was still a few upgrades short, and he was definitely um, keeping Lando honest during that race. Yeah, and that and that shows that uh, that McLaren still uh, have uh, a few tricks up their sleeves mm. for the for the rest of the race. But the fact that the R three today was quite fast and doesn't have the upgrades yet, so it's promising to see what will happen. And having a rookie to to last the entire Silverstone race on the podium or close to the podium. Yeah, it's it's very good. It shows that he he, he might be a rookie, but he definitely is looking very very promising to stay yeah. on the Formula One. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So moving on from that, I mean, I we we normally take it in order. We usually go by our results, but I don't think this week it, it, it's going to do us much justice by going by the results of the race because I think it would. Uh, I think it's more more important that we talk about Williams next um, and sort of. I suppose the, first the promise that they showed in qualifying. I mean, wow! Like I mean, they were, well, even in the free practice, they were start, they were starting to show pace. Then it came to qualifying, um, and they were absolutely rapid. I mean, look, weather conditions, track position, and stuff like that caught them out. Maybe they could have even qualified a little bit better than they did, but fantastic qualifying and fantastic pace, even in the race. I mean, they were, you know holding their own against the Ferraris, the Aston Martins, like they were, you know, they were absolutely on, on fire today. So like, what did you make of uh, their race today? I mean, let's, let's start with Albon. What did you make of Albon today? I think Albon did a, did a great race. He started P8 and finished P8. Mm. He, he was, but he never, through the race, he was up and down, but still n never far away from the, from the points. And we could see that Williams was really suitable for this uh, for this track, and and that ended up showing today the the points, the pace, the even Leclerc was trying to fight Albon to get a few extra points, but Albon just didn't. Uh, that was just great at defending and keeping the pace. That's uh, that that Williams is just so fast on the straights, uh, and and we kind of knew that even um, like I mean. <laughs> We we knew that when we were looking at uh, when we were complaining about Defries how he got his drive for for Avatari when he drove the Williams we knew the Williams are it has even since this new era uh, they they have been fast on the straights they they have that it's just unfortunately uh, Formula One is not a drag race and there's a there's corners involved and they have to get around those quick as quick as they get round down the straights so. Yeah. Um, but I think oh. Williams still have a few, a few, a few points to get. I mean, there's a few, um, there's a few races with good straights. Belgium, Monza, maybe Vegas. So I, I think we're still gonna see Williams on the top ten a few more often until the end of the season. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And who knows? Like, I mean, hopefully now um, they'll be starting to make some headway as well into 2024 car and we might see them sort of more regularly up around the mid 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 table. It might be interesting to see. Um, and from sort of uh, from Oscar Piastri, uh, sort of before his performance to Logan Sargent. Um, I mean, we haven't had much sort of positive to speak of of Logan Sargent this season, but I mean, he's put in a great a great shift this weekend. What what, what did you make of his uh, his weekend? 
I think it was a good weekend for Sargent. Uh, the car with the upgrades, he was confident enough. And today he finished P11, which for a rookie, you know, Williams, it's it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm impressed with them. And so I'm just looking here now. Yeah, Williams now seventh in the constructors. I mean, that's been, it's been a while since they've been up that high in the constructors <laughs> table. But I mean, one of the surprises there though is that they're ahead of Haas. Well, actually, the, the surprise is actually they're ahead of Haas, Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Tauri. I mean, especially more so Alfa Tauri. That that's a team that's just absolutely dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, the Alfa Tauri is the the old Williams. It's yeah, twenty twenty two Williams. Well. I suppose that's a nice segue from one team that seems to have dropped off the face of the earth to another. Um, before we got on, just Aston Martin. <laughs> we touched on them just a little bit ago. Um, I mean, they had, like, I mean, maybe we've maybe we've already covered Aston Martin, I suppose, in terms of what's happening because they they had been doing great uh, regular podiums from Alonso. Upgrades come, and now we're looking at them sort of middle of the pack. Um, I mean, what was there? What was uh, Alonso's results in Austria? Let me just have a quick check here. Can you remember off the top of your head? Uh, in um, Austria, Alonso got the fifth in Austria. Fifth, yeah, that's right. And uh, like, what? Oh, okay, let's let's start with uh, we'll start with Alonso. I mean, he he battled hard, but I I did find that there was a lot of overtakes that happened where he just sort of stepped aside. Same with Lance Stroll, that, you know, they didn't really put their elbows out. They both kind of just went, we don't have the pace for this. And just just thought, thought you know, if we hold up the drivers that are attacking, we're just going to lose more time in our own race. So let them by. Um, and I, I don't know, there's a bit of a defeated attitude to that, I think, that's, that that's coming into Aston Martin uh, at this stage. Uh, like what? What do you make of, of? I suppose Alonso's race first. Stroll has a bit, a little bit more to unpack. But what do you think of Alonso today? Alonso, I barely saw Alonso in the race. Mm. Uh, he started on the P9, he finished P7, and there was not much of a fight from Alonso the whole race. But I think it's not. It's I think the Aston Martin, whatever they did, it's not an upgrade. He's the pro- far away from the performance that we've seen in the beginning of the year. And, and the problem when they announced that they were doing upgrades. We thought, okay, if if they are this fast, this good, without the upgrade, with the upgrades, they they definitely going to start fighting Red Bull even more. But uh, that's not what we've seen so far. If anything, and, they are dropping on the table. And the problem is, um, we've got Aston Martin who they they put their upgrades on, and it's not as easy as sort of say, well, why not revert back to pre-upgrades and see because every other team has made upgrades who so, and have made advance advances so the likelihood is they try to sort of do a reset on these upgrades to and, and see what's gone wrong they'll probably drop even further behind so they're sort of in a tough situation they really have to get on top of these upgrades over the next couple of races definitely before the summer i think they need to learn a lot before the summer break so they can work on this over the summer and hopefully come back then after the break with um with some sort of uh, sort of solution to it, yeah, they but, have two weeks now without races. So let's see if for Angry we have uh, we have better results from Aston Martin. Otherwise, they need to wait, like you're saying, for the summer break. See if yeah. they can fix. And I don't think they will. I don't think they're like I. I'm not expecting 
I, I do. I, I expect them to do better than they did uh, at Silverstone. And I think they're expecting to do better as well. But as they say themselves, uh, like Hungary, they expect to be a bit more track specific and a bit more favorable for their car, their setup. Um, so they possibly will do better. Whether they'll challenge for the podium again, that's that's definitely probably up for debate. But um, they do. They are expecting sort of a bit of a better result for Hungary. But um, just on uh, Lance Stroll, um, like I mean, his race today again. Well. It was anonymous largely, except for Pierre Gasly, maybe it wasn't too anonymous <laughs> for him. Um, two, two incidents here, I suppose, that I want to kind of touch on. One was the overtake that he did on Gasly. That, and I mean, we, everyone saw the replay. He was clearly off the track when he made that move stick. And he wasn't ahead of him when he went off track. He was actually, the, his nose was behind Gasly's nose when he went off track and then took the position. And rightly so, Gasly came on the radio then and he was, you know, swearing and blinding that, uh, you know, that, that he needed to get give the position back to him. But the race stewards found that there was nothing more doing there. What what what, what do you make of that? Do you think uh, that was the right call or he should have given the place back? Yeah, I, 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 Stroll should have just said, look, you're right, I'm giving the place back and up we go. But yeah. because what he did was like, I don't know, we play F1 with damage off and you're just kicking cars left and right just to get your position. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even sure if the if the fact that Jason Martin uh, bumped into the Alpine, if that caused the problem that Gasly had to had to retire. Because Jason Martin are very strong. So no, whatever. well, that's that's exactly what happened. I mean, in the replay, you could see that um, there was the collision between the two, between Stroll and Gasly. And once that collision happened, it looked like the the sort of the rear suspension then there was a break or some sort of damage in the rear suspension for Gasly, which caused it to start sort of uh, s sort of uh, swerving a, a little bit down the down the track. So, and I mean, Stroll only got. I, th I think that's what he got the five second penalty for. But I mean. That's, that's that's fairly light, considering what he did. Exactly, you've taken it and look at Silverstone um, when um, the, the the collision between Hamilton and Verstappen and Verstappen went out. Do you remember the the, the absolute madness crash where um, where, where that took Hamilton or that took sorry Verstappen out? And I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Hamilton only got a 10... Well, not only, but he got a 10-second penalty, I think, for that collision. And the outcome was the same, but the incident was more severe. So why did Stroll only get a 5-second penalty for ca causing a collision with a driver that ultimately led to that driver being out of the race as well? I mean, surely the, 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 the offence is still the same. I think it's more what was involved. Stroll didn't get any points with that. So maybe that's why the penalty... I don't know whether that comes into their thinking when they're given a penalty, you know, their tr it's current... It's different if you are getting more points, if you're getting 12 or 8 points rather than just no points at all. I mean, Stroll finishing 14. I don't know. I'd have to... I'd say I'd, I'd probably disagree that that comes into their thinking. I... I, I if it did come into their thinking, I'd be disgusted that that's the way they... It didn't win anything. It. Huh? it didn't win anything with that. There was no point involved, so... Who? I, I think Stroll? That's why the penalty... Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That would be a terrible way of deciding how to apply a penalty would be like, okay, car A crashes into car B and there's, you know, 12, 10, 12 points on the line. So we give them a 10 second penalty, but car, you know, C and D have the exact same collision, but they're down in, you know, 13th and 14th or whatever. So we're going to give a different penalty, but it's the exact same collisions, exact same circumstances. You know, I couldn't imagine they're taking into account the the positioning on the track and the points that they could gain from if they like that would be a terrible thing if they started doing that. I think I could see that thinking about that because you only you only go the extra mile to crash against another car if you are winning points for that, mm. not just for the kick out of it. So I imagine that matters if you're getting points or not. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean, I think uh, that's definitely sums up Stroll over the last few races. I mean, he's not—he's uh, not enjoying his uh, driving at the moment with uh, with Aston Martin, and I'm pretty sure Aston Martin are not enjoying his driving with them either. So, um, I'm pretty sure. Well, m- maybe he's a little bit more security than other drivers on the grid for obvious reasons. But um, I'm pretty sure, though, there's only so much uh, saving grace that you'll get with uh, <laughs> with uh, Lawrence Stroll if the performances don't start improving. But that being said, Alonso's not exactly setting the grid alight either with the, that car. So um, maybe the team and, and everyone needs to sort of pull in the same direction there for the next couple of races. I think last week uh, the commentators were saying that uh, Stroll might have problems on his wrist again from the accident he had uh, at the, before the beginning of the season. They were saying that the, the way his hands were shaking and moving in some of the in some of the turns. Was that from the bicycle that. crash? Yeah. Really? And I didn't he was hear back that in that first race. It was last weekend that uh, the commentators were talking about that in Sky, that they were seeing that his wrists might not be at the 100% as they were at the beginning. So I'm not sure if that has some effect and yeah. it's probably waiting for the summer break. Yeah, maybe, maybe. That'd be interesting to see. Um, to be fair, he was a very quick recover. And I, I mean, you, he broke both wrists and he was back in the F1 seat since then. So, no, you're right. Know. I mean, I think we all said the same at the time. It was very, it was a very quick recovery, probably too quick. But, um, look, we'll find out over the next couple of races anyway. And, um, I suppose, that, yeah, from one, and, and we don't want to kind of go too deep into because we, everybody seems to be going backwards a little bit here, but. Mercedes, uh, I mean, they haven't gone backwards, but they're, they're they're sort of hitting a bit of a stale patch at the moment. Hamilton got P3 today. Brilliant again. Brilliant to see, uh, you know, not brilliant to see, but, you know, it, it's, uh, it was a brilliant weekend for the British, British uh, drivers. Um, what did we make, though, of Mercedes in general lately? I mean, they, they feel they've got on top of the car. Um, then we see terrible results um, followed by positive results and this sort of uh, pendulum effect and never really finding the sweet spot of um, where that car needs to be at and to be able to build on that to, to challenge for race wins or more consistent podiums. Um, so, I mean, let's start with, before we kind of launch into Mercedes, or maybe it's part of the whole package, but what did you make of Hamilton's race today? Hamilton's race was... Uh was a solid one. He was able to, he had a very good start. I mean, he wasn't P7 and he was able to get out of that uh, that mess between Sainz and Russell and Leclerc very quickly. 
and start uh, going for Piastri and Norris. And I think he was happy enough with the car. By the end of the race, his, his rear tires were gone. So I think that gave Norris some peace of mind, knowing that uh, his second place was secure. But I think uh, Mercedes is slightly better than last week, but I don't think they, they found their sweet spot yet. They are still uh, they are still trying to find. If today the, the McLaren were not good, Hamilton will definitely and Russell will be on the podium, I imagine. But still, that's because other teams were better or worse than them, not because Mercedes alone were, were good. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, I suppose we um, and, and Mercedes, we you, you couldn't bet the house on them. You know, it's not like you could say, well, you know, come Hungary now, I'm convinced that, you know, both those drivers are going to be, you know, challenging for the podiums because, you know, it's very easy to say that now. And then, you know, you could come to next week and, you know, that they're they're going out in Q1 or Q2 and qualifying and nobody has, a you know, there's no I, no reasoning behind it or certainly no obvious reason as to why that's happening. Um. But George Russell, I mean, he started on the soft compound tired. Actually, let me, I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but just on that and just from going back to McLaren, because uh, it just, when George Russell started on the, those soft compound tires and they lasted a really long time, I think he got 28 laps or something out of them, didn't he? Something yeah. like that. So I was thinking when um, McLaren came in for the pit stops, I was like, I thought, you know the data was there for them to show that those soft tires will last that length of time because George Russell wasn't really losing any time. Now, he wasn't really gaining on anybody either, but he wasn't losing any time either. So um, I, I did think that McLaren maybe missed a step. Uh, that, you know, I thought that information was there for them that they would have gone for the soft tire. But um, look, that was just uh, I thought I had at the time. I mean, obviously, look, we know what happened. They went with the the hard compound tires. But um, should George Russell, though, have made more use of those soft compound tires earlier on? And maybe, I mean, he seemed to be, I think he was challenging, um, was it Sainz or Leclerc? Was it, it was Sainz, wasn't it? And it was ahead of him. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he was always, he just seemed to be constantly like 0 0.5, 0 0.6, 0 0.7 of a second um, behind. And just never seemed to look like he, he was going to get that overtake done. Do you think maybe he should have got more done with those soft compound tires earlier on in the race? I think he wasn't sure what the, what the strategy would be if the if the if it was coming rain or not. So I I think he didn't want to to risk that much. But uh, if he did decide to to go for it, Piastri would uh, I'm sure Piastri would put up a fight for that before. And Russell, I don't think he was prepared for that. That's a good shout as well, actually. You're right. He's probably thinking that if there was the chance of rain coming, he wanted to nurse those tires as long as possible um, in case that he had to go to intermediates rather than burning the life out of them early on. So, yeah, that, that's that's not a fair that's a fair shout, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, so P5 from George Russell. I mean, it's solid enough points. It keeps them ticking along, keeps them sort of at the top of the, the pack uh, in terms of the best of the rest. Um I suppose they're probably shocked at how McLaren leap for like, like completely leapfrogged them uh, this weekend. Do you think yeah, that came as a surprise? Yeah, those forty points that McLaren got today. Yeah, I think it's forty. Mm. Uh, it was it was a big surprise for everyone. I mean, the, we are not expecting the after seeing what McLaren was doing, 
what happened today was not uh, was not expected at all. Well, I mean, if I suppose if Mercedes are shocked at sort of the the being leapfrogged by McLaren, I mean, Ferrari as well must be another team who kind of probably didn't see that coming, or or maybe they did. I mean, they had an absolute appalling weekend. This well, not an appalling weekend. They had an okay qualifying, um, but the race just. I mean, I think we had a brief kind of conversation just before uh, before the podcast that I don't think either of us have any idea actually what happened to Mercedes today, or sorry, to Ferrari today. What's your What's your take on it? Yeah, the Ferrari we saw on Saturday in the qualifying was very different from the Ferrari we we seen today. Uh, it's like they swap everything, drivers, team, cars, everything. Ferrari was no way to be seen on track. I mean, Sainz was Sainz and Clark, they barely got the top 10 today. And that for Ferrari is, uh, well, it's very good considering that uh, so far it's very rare for them to have both drivers finishing on points. Exactly. So I think they should be happy to get, what, three points today, considering they were all over the place from beginning of the race, strategy, everything. Uh, it's just a mess, basically, which is. Quite impressive, considering that the qualifying was so good that we could see, oh, well, this would be a good race. Ferrari did very well on Saturday, but come Sunday, nothing. Shadow. Well, on on the qualifying there is, and there's this is where I think there's still a lot of kind of disconnect, or you know, people people are unhappy, or the drivers are unhappy there, um, or with with things going on and decisions being made because in the qualifying, then we saw. Um, Signs and Leclerc having to change positions on the before they went out. On, do you remember when they were all kind of waiting for the the, the green light in the pit lane to go back out? And kind of Signs wasn't happy because he was having to allow Leclerc to go in front of him. He thought that was going to impact him more. And the fact that he was fourth currently, that it was uh, you know he had more to lose than Leclerc. So he he was kind of a bit annoyed over the radio to, uh, to the pit wall. Um, and didn't agree with it, and then on track, got sort of. Uh, I think it was coming into the last corners to um, to get ready for to start the flying lap. Signs decided to overtake Leclerc anyway, and I think Leclerc then made some sort of a sort of a kind of cheeky comment of sort of a, you know nice overtake there, Signs, because Signs decided to overtake him. So I don't know. I think there's just still. I don't think anybody's happy there. I, I like, and. I don't know, Fred Vasseur, like, is he the right man in there? I mean, I know you're a, you're a Matteo fanboy all the way, but I mean, <laughs> is he is he making any progress there with that team? No, I don't think so. I'm not a Binotto f- uh, fanboy, but I well. have to say that. <laughs> they, they fired the man thinking that he was doing a lousy job, but uh, the man is gone and Ferrari's, if anything, is looking worse than it was last, well, last uh, season. Agreed. I think the only thing I could see from Ferrari that has improved the car doesn't seem to be the car reliability seems to be there. The consistency and the performance isn't there, but the reliability is there. Last season they were more so. I think Carlos Sainz there was a lot of mechanical issues with the car. Um whereas this season they seem to have resolved them. Earlier on as well, it did appear that maybe they had sort of improved some of the strategy calls and stuff like that, but they just seem to be getting more confusing, like holding up, 
you know, I, I remember, I think it was, was it Austria? They were holding up signs, told them not to attack on Leclerc when they had the possibility of signs being the faster driver. And, yeah. and like I said, we, we were under no illusion that they were necessarily going to be in the shout for winning the race, but definitely signs was the driver who had the ability to attack Verstappen at the early stages of the race and maybe do something for them. Um, and they decided to tell signs to hold position and not to, uh, you know, not to switch drivers around or anything like that. It's things like that that just make no sense to me. Um, I'm sure they're fine for Leclerc because he's got to hold his position. I mean, it's clearly saying to everybody that, you know, Sainz is number two, Leclerc is our number one. Um, I mean, all the decisions seem to be very much favoring Charles Leclerc when or if they go right, Um, which I don't think is the right thing to do because I think at this moment in time, (laughs) although... I, I'm about to say Signs is probably the faster driver, but given today where he got fucking taken by three or four drivers in four corners or three drivers in four corners, it, it probably didn't do much for his uh, his argument on that one. But um, yeah, I don't know. Well, like, where, where do you think they go from here? Do you think there's... Um, do you think we're going to see much more from Ferrari um, for, for the remainder of the season? Or do, do you think um, sort of this is what we're going to get this season um, a lot more inconsistencies, um, and 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 that's it. We're not going to really get to see them challenging for podiums or challenging for race wins. Uh, let's say I'll be surprised if I see Ferrari on the podium this uh, this season. I I don't I don't feel that Ferrari is doing anything to to go to the podiums. Yeah, no, I have to agree. I have to agree. Well, look, there's no point in sticking with Ferrari. They didn't do anything today. So if anybody tuning in to listen to any sort of in-depth analysis on uh, Ferrari, you have definitely come to the wrong podcast because there is nothing else to say. Um, I have to say that I'm surprised at least this time uh, Sainz didn't feel intimidated by getting uh, Paris, Albon and Leclerc just uh, passed by him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true as well. That's true. So he's braver now. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. So, okay, let's, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for this week. But I mean, let's, um, before we just push on, let's drive of the day. The official drive of the day was Lando Norris. Um, I mean, I have to say, I, I think for me, that that's that that's pretty solid for me. I, I'd go with Lando Norris as well. What about yourself? Who would you call driver of the day? Norris, for sure. There's yeah. no no doubt on that. Yeah, I, I think that's and I mean we we've already covered in quite detail that why we think he was driver of the day. He had a fantastic drive today. Biggest loser though. Let's see now who you have for biggest loser. I'll I'll, I'll do, you, do you want me to give you mine first or do you want to go with yours first? Um, mine is Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. Okay. Well, uh, so let me see now. Hulkenberg qualified. Uh, let me just have a look. Where did Hulkenberg? P eleven. P eleven. Yeah, that's right. And then he had the tangle at the start that took his. Uh, the 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 front corner of the nose off his car, um, and then he was gone. He went to the pit and never recovered. He finished P thirteen. Yeah, that was it. That's right. That's right. The um, well, my I my I down here is the biggest losers for the weekend. I I went with a team rather than the driver, which I know we usually go with driver, but I went with Alpine this weekend, um, for obvious reasons. I mean, they scored no points, um. I didn't really think that the drivers were, I'll be honest, I'll show you how much Ocon was um, having an impact for me. I didn't realize he was out of the race. It was the commentator said, oh, when Kevin Magnussen went out, they were like, oh, that's only our second retirement of the day. And I'm like, 
who's the first? And then I have to check. It was like, bloody hell, Ocon's out of the race. So, um, yeah, he didn't really have much. Gasly, I think, got a little bit too heated um, for me. Um, I think he was... Um, I didn't think he kept his cool too much. I mean, even when uh, Stroll overtook him on the, you know, off the track, I mean, he didn't just kind of like, I mean, he launched into that message with expletives on the, on the radio straight away. Like you could tell he was, he was already up to 90 at that stage in his, in his mind. So yeah, I just think, uh, yeah, they were the biggest losers for today. And I think maybe that tangle as well between Gasly and Stroll, look, Stroll was definitely at fault but I don't think Gasly was any innocence in that. Like, I think he was he was going aggressive. He was already wound up. He wanted to make sure he got his place back off Gaz, off, off Stroll. And it just ended in tears, unfortunately, and no points from Alpine. So um, so that the would be... The only good thing for, for the Alpines is that they, at least, they retired silently in the pits. So no need for a safety car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well there's yeah exactly yeah there was it was a little bit more privately done um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i mean that's it i mean and and, and one more thing before we go nick defreeze do we think he's going to survive the summer break or is he gone i mean he finished last again today uh yeah you're correct because everyone else retired <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> is not looking good for the saint alpha Tari. yeah they're, they're talking about some other guy. I, I don't have the name off the top of my head, but they've, they're, they're talking about another rookie that they're looking to bring in that they reckon might be ready, which I think maybe, I don't know, may, maybe he is ready or maybe uh, Helmut Marco just for some reason is determined not to stick Daniel Ricciardo in, in a seat. Or maybe they reckon Daniel Ricciardo will take Perez's seat if he doesn't stop going out in Q1. So, um, but anyway... Let's uh, let's call it there for this week on uh, on for Silverstone, um, and we usually do a roundup of the F1 fantasy, um, which uh, you can find us late night race review on the uh, official F1 fantasy uh, website. But uh, I'm not going to even bother opening it up here because I know they haven't calculated the results yet. So when we publish the podcast uh, t tomorrow or today, as you're now listening to it, we will have posted the uh, updated results to our Instagram and, and socials and stuff like that. So keep an eye out there. Um, but our predictions game. So obviously Scotty isn't here. So uh, do you have uh, Scotty's or I'll bring up Scotty's here actually for for this week and for next week. I just want to make sure I have everything here ready to go. Everybody bear with me. Okay, there we go. All right. So let's see who got what right and what wrong this week. So where are we? Great Britain. Oh, yes. Oh, no. You copied my homework. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So I went with uh, for, for, for uh, the British Grand Prix, I went with Verstappen to finish first. Uh, I said Russell would finish second. That did not happen, but I did say a lot. Uh, Hamilton would finish third, and that did happen. Uh, Scotty, uh, well, he, he wasn't too far off with some of it, so he went yeah. uh, Verstappen uh, P1, uh, Sainz P2, that didn't happen, and uh, he went with Lando Norris P3. So, hard luck on that one, Scotty, but I am delighted for you. Um, Isidro, who did you go with? He won. Verstappen first, Perez yeah. second, and Hamilton third. So it's neck and neck then in points then between myself and yourself. Yeah. And oh, I've looked. Okay, I, I've jumped ahead on what. Okay, anyway, right. <laughs> Jesus, talk about me giving spoilers away. 
All right. I went with my flop this week was uh, Perez crash. That did not happen. There's, th- do you know, this season, there's been very few in the way of crashes, retirements and stuff like that, or or uh, even um, like reliability. I know we had the, uh, the Haas on fire and stuff like that and had issues, but there's largely, there hasn't been too much in the way of reliability issues this season. Yeah. Uh, overall, it's, uh, well, it's quite good. It means from a safety perspective. Yeah. All right, Scotty went with Hamilton, DNF. That did not happen. And Isidro? I got with the science DNF. And that did not happen either. So we went with... (laughs) Our favorite. I mean, oops, I went with uh, Albon, top 10. So we got a point for that. Scotty went with Joe, top 10. That did not happen. And Isidro? I got Albon, top 10. So we share the spoils this week. (laughs) That is, uh, so me and Isidro uh, take a point each and Scotty is left on zero. So that means that I am now neck and neck on points with Scotty. That's five apiece. And Isidro, you're catching up as well. You're now on four. You're only a point behind us. So uh, this is, yeah, this is a close season. (laughs) This is a close season. Uh, All right. So Hungary, uh, top three predictions for me um i'll be honest i'm not sure this is uh, i mean every <laughs> week there's been surprise uh, you know a bit, bit bit of a surprise so i'm gonna play it somewhat safe i'm gonna go with verstappen obviously um i'm not gonna give away those points but i'm gonna say that perez is gonna do a bit of a recovery and he's gonna finish p2 um in my heart i don't think that's going to happen but We'll we'll say he's going to get P two, um, and then for P three, I'm going to say that as I'm going to I'm going to trust that Aston Martin feel that the Hungary track is going to favour them, and uh, I'm going to give Alonso P three. So, uh, Scotty has, um, oh Scotty's uh, also showing Perez some love this week, so he's going with Verstappen P one, Perez P two. And he clearly gave these predictions before he saw the race today because he went with Leclerc P3. Isidro, who are you going with? P1. Verstappen. Of course. That's a given. Yeah. Paris second and Hamilton third. Do you know, if anybody decides between now and the end of the season not to put Verstappen P1 and whoever they pick does get P1, they deserve double points for that. To have the balls to cl- to say Verstappen ain't getting P1 this week. Um, yeah. The uh, is it a, It's not a sprint race this weekend, is it? Or in Hungary, is it? Uh, no, I don't think there's a sprint race for, for Hungary. Oh, okay. Good stuff. Um, okay, so my flop, I have gone with uh, Carlos Sainz. I have gone with a DNF and I'm not going to call a crash or reliability. I'm just going to go DNF. Uh, Scotty went with, let me get up my results here. He's gone with Alonso outside the top 10, which clearly one of you will get disappointed. <laughs> one of us is going to be very <laughs> disappointed. Yeah. Um, and who have you gone with as your flop? Yastri out of top 10. Yastri outside top 10. Yeah, look, I mean, that's a that's a big call because I mean he was very comfortable without the extra upgrade. So, um, 
Okay, my surprise is going to be... It's a surprise, but I'm going to call the position. So I'm going Lando Norris, uh, and I'm just going to call the position a P5. I just... Uh, I'm just not sure. Like, I, I just couldn't call a surprise this week. Um, what did Scotty go with? Oh, okay. He's he's also gone with Lando Norris, but he's gone with P4. Um, and Isidro, who are you going with? Alonso, P4. Ooh, Alonso, P4. So we're all calling positions this week. <laughs> um, okay, perfect. Well, that's... Uh, what what do you say? We're, we're two weeks now till Hungary. Yeah. So... Um, so, yeah, so that's it for this week. We'll be back, obviously, in two weeks. And, um, yeah, until then.